welcome to another episode of Talking Bollocks. Yes, it is yet another episode of this marvellous podcast. There has been many episodes. If you were unaware of that, please go back and find them all and listen to them all. Especially the one with Channel Zero, because that is and will always be my favourite. But anyway, hello, it is I, Howard H. Smith, lead singer with UK thrash band Acid Rain, presenter of this podcast, presenter of the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast, uh, stand-up comedian, my comedy character is Keith Platt, you can see him at Keith, well, just look up the name, social media, YouTube, all the rest of it. Um, I also do the Reducer podcast with a couple of mates, links to all of these bits and pieces will be in the description of the podcast. But what it remains for me now to say is, like I often do, what has been happening in the world of metal since last we spoke? Well, um, there's been quite a lot happening in the world, I know that much, and um, this is as close as I'm going to get to it, because ultimately I could get, you know, involved in a subject that we all know about, and... It's not that kind of podcast, okay? All I'm going to say is, Dee Schneider absolutely approves of Ukrainians using we're not going to take it as their battle cry. Fuck Russia, he says. And um, that's as close to conflict coverage as I'm going to get. I'm not a war correspondent. I'm all those things I mentioned at the beginning. And none of them are war correspondent or, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've got no insight for you whatsoever, so let's get cracking. Um, Slipknot's Cory Taylor on Pantera's vulgar display of power. It's still one of my favourite albums. Now, I'm not actually... I'm, I'm not going to comment on um, Corey's statements other than the fact that it kind of... see Hearing that, seeing that story made me think of, you know, when that album came out, what music was doing when it came out, and what a an impact it had and what a difference it made. Because, you know, there there is there is some, you know, fucking hostile on there, which is nearly well, it's a thrash tune. And but it was mainstream and Pantera were blowing up and there were hard vocals and massive guitars. And it was like, wow, right, okay, this this is very, very cool. It's not thrash. I'm not quite sure what it is, but, but I really, really like it. And I remember talking to people in bands, people, um, at, you know, crew members, all sorts of people around the time, and everybody saying just how fresh and exciting and exhilarating it was. And I think it's easy to forget that, especially a band like Pantera, who whose history, let's face it, ended up being fairly checkered and, and odd and sad, frankly, with both the brothers gone now. Um, but when you're transported back all those years to when that album first came out, I mean, 30th anniversary, I still can't believe that. Um, it, was a, it, was, it was an amazing, amazing release for the time. I mean, you know, it was it was 1992. This is, you know, that was not a great time to be releasing this kind of stuff. But they just somehow hit a chord with all of those people who weren't into what was mainstream at the time. Um, and, and I was one of them. And, you know, like I said, I just wanted to sort of pay my respects to to Pantera, to that album, um uh, you know, to the uh, to the brothers who are no longer with us, 
it's um you know it, all these years later it's all quite sad but there was a time when they were the leading lights of the metal world and boy did we need them we really needed them back then um so moving on um Meshuggah, they are dro- they have dropped music video for new single the abysmal eye now i mention this because um, it's the first single from their upcoming ninth studio album, Immutable. So the reason I mention it is because I, I know a fair few of you out there um, are, are Meshuggah fans. And I mean, you, you'll already know that anyway. And if you have a passing interest, maybe you didn't know. But hey, this is the news the way I see it. I'm just doing my bit. OK, but what I will say is um, I've just never been able to get into them. I've never been able to crack the code. Um, I think they're Meshuggah and Tool remind me of each other um, very different bands but people who are into them are fucking into them you know what I mean like oh, I've got everything they've done and they will try and convert you on the spot they will talk your ears off about Meshuggah they will talk your ears off about Tool they will look at you incredulously like there's something wrong with you how can you not like these bands you you are wrong but they they are two bands that do um seem to provoke incredibly emotional and loyal reactions from people um and also um a, a lot of derision from people who are the other end of the scale and really don't like them and you know i i'm 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 a tool fan i'm a maynard fan i'm a tool fan i mean i say that but when was the last Tool album that came out where I went, wow, this is awesome, this is brilliant? It's a long, 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 long time ago. It's decades, okay? Um, and it really, since since the song Vicarious, um, which I think opened up uh, 10,000 Days, I might be wrong, um, I, I just kind of feel like they've they've lost their way and really become a, just this, this huge proggy band that as you know there's prog and there's falling asleep on the job as i've said many times before um but i still consider myself a tool fan all these years later i will still listen to you know fear inoculum and go wow there are bits on that that remind me of when they were good but most of it sends me to sleep Meshuggah, now that's a code I have never cracked, as I said earlier. They're a band that I've never really been able to engage with. So, now's your chance. Anyone listening, ping me links to Meshuggah songs where you're going to go, look, if you don't like this, then you don't like Meshuggah and there's no point in, you know, like, trying to dig through or find other albums or anything like that. Um, And and by the way, you know, I have got complete and total respect for both Meshuggah and Tool because there's no doubting that their abilities, um, the passion they provoke in people and also the the originality of both acts is unquestionable and their influence on other acts and on metal is is huge. So, um, yeah, sorry if you thought I was going to slag them off, but um, uh, yeah, just um, wow, this is this is quite unlike me, isn't it? I've I've started off by being nice um, about Pantera, um, and being nice about Meshuggah. So um, am I going to keep that up? Yes, I am, because I'm going to be nice about the new Violence EP, which um, I was lucky enough to get quite early. So I've had 
chance to listen to it there's every chance that you've now got it um because you know when whenever you're listening to this it's, it's due out on march the 4th so this comes out quite close to that um i've had it for uh, uh, a good couple of weeks and i'm really really like it um it's it, it, it's really come together i wasn't you know i wasn't massively in love with the um the first track they released but as an ep boy does it make me want an album um it really does and funnily enough uh, the, the 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 news is um, that the band are, uh, would like to do. In, in fact, why don't I quote Phil Demmel? Um, I'd like to do another EP rather than an album, and we're working on songs for it already. And hopefully, we'll get to record it by next fall. Uh, we want to be cons- uh, constantly be releasing music and constantly doing shows. At this stage, we're excited for everybody who's still excited for this band. To them, I say thank you for still listening to this and supporting us. We're excited to come and play and spread the violence. Um, Awesome. I mean, they're back again. Uh, I mean, I could probably lump them. Lump it's a bit disrespectful. I could probably add them to the list of Meshuggah, um, Tool, and Violence. Violence were a band when people are into them, like myself, absolutely love them. Um, think everybody should be into them, but clearly, um, you know, Sean's vocals aren't for every everybody, and they they can be quite divisive. But for me, big fan. Definitely check out the EP if you like thrash metal, okay? Um, I'm being nice, aren't I? I'm being really, really, really nice. And um, am I going to continue? Well, yes, I am. I seem to be on a roll, so why not? Okay, Um, this time it's Rob Halford. um, And Rob is getting a mention because Rob Halford urges fans to keep voting for Judas Priest to get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I think... It's actually nice to see somebody from the world of metal going, yeah, do you know what? We want to be voted in. Hey, fans, can you, like, pull your fingers out and vote some? I think that's really, instead of the usual, oh, I don't, it, it, I don't know, you know, metal bands in general seem to be a bit grumpy about being, not. Oh, I don't fucking need that, oh, don't give a shit if we get nominated, blah, 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 blah. It's nice to see somebody embrace it and Rob just go, do you know what? no. We 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 want to do it. We really want to do it. But you know, it's it's and he, and he says, like I said on the first nomination, I'll, I'll say it on this one. It's about getting some more metal into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, it, you know, it's a great establishment as far as um, uh, as far as what it, what it does, which is to represent all of these um, genres of music. Now, I, I that's. Rob is doing it. The metal god is doing it for the benefit of metal. He's doing it for the benefit of the genre, for the benefit of you, for the benefit of me. So even if you don't like Judas Priest, find a way to vote. OK, um, and, and, and do you know what? I'm going to put a link in the description to the podcast. God, there's a lot of links this month. I'm going to put a link in the description of the podcast so you can vote for Judas Priest, okay? I'll make it as easy as possible. If the link isn't there, I couldn't find one. Apologies in advance. Um, So, what else is happening? Well, can I keep being nice? Can I keep it up? Well, no, of course I can't. Um, This headline made me laugh. What makes System of a Down so musically different from its peers? Shavo Odegian weighs in. Well... Personally, I think that it's pretty much nailed by the same... Um, what makes it so musically different from its peers? Well, 
I'd say, because since ending its hiatus in 2011, it's only managed to record two songs in the last 16 years. I would say that pretty much puts you on your own footing. Because, well, you and Tool, maybe. I mean, you make Tool look consistent. You make them look busy. Now, I, I've said this before on the podcast, um, and, I, and I'll say it again. I'm a fan of System of the Down. I got the first album as soon as it came out. That's right, the first album. I went to see them. Uh, I went to see them play on that uh, on tour. And I'm, God, I'm making a mess of this, aren't I? I saw them on their first tour for the first album, all right? That's right, yeah, the first album, which I absolutely love, and it's thoroughly underrated. Um, and then, you know, Toxicity came out grey, and, and, uh, and, and it's just been what's happened. I, I just, I can't really take a band seriously that has recorded two songs in 16 years. Now, anybody out there who is thinking, oh, hang on, didn't you play a bunch of shows with um, Coming Back as Acid Rain and, you know, only had one new song? Yes, but we did split up for, you know, 20 years. So th that's the difference. You know, these guys are saying that they've been back from hiatus since 2011. Still two songs. Still no, that's all we've had in 16 years. And, and yet, and yet, System of a Down can headline a festival. That is where we're at in the world of metal and the music business in general right now. Um, and I just think that's a, it's a bit odd. I mean, you certainly wouldn't... I don't think you'd get that in pretty much any other genre, really. Um, but I, I'm, I'm conflicted because I like the band, you know, and, and I want more from them. I want new music. And where is it? Bloody nowhere, that's where. And it's just, it's just really disappointing. And I say that because I am, I, I'm a fan, you know, or I was a fan. I don't know if I'm a fan anymore because... It's, it's 16 years since the last album. Pfft, you know, what were you doing 16 years ago, for instance? You know, what job were you working 16 years ago? I mean, that's a long time. People, people can have got married, had children. Those children have gone to school and have now left school since System of a Down put out a fucking album, right? How mad is that? I think at some point... You know, it, you, you've just, I don't know, do you give up? I don't know, I don't know. But um, all I do know is that I just like some new material, you know, if that's at all possible, fucking ever. But um, anyway, folks, into today's interview. Now, um, uh, I did this a few weeks ago, and if you have heard any um, metal um, mashups over the last few years and thought, wow, that is absolutely brilliant. I love that. I'm going to have to track that down. Then it was probably by Bill McClintock, my next guest. Um, this was so much fun to do. There will be um, the video interview up on the Talking Bollocks YouTube channel. So if you've listened this far and you want to go and watch the interview, um, that'll be on the YouTube channel. Uh, and we, we had great fun, actually. Um, Bill got up, got into school really early because he teaches in a school. He got in there really early 
Um, and um, I was able to interview him um, in the classroom before the kids came in, which was just kind of weird. Um, so, uh, so it took place in the classroom. You will hear that um, uh, mentioned during the interview. We had a really good chat, and um, I'm, I'm just—I've always been fascinated by mashups and, and things like that, and and how they come together and what you look for. And Bill is a, a master of his art. He's a lovely guy. He's a genuine metalhead. He has, you know, he's got the credentials. He's got the guitar playing credentials. He's got the metal credentials. And, um, and he's found himself in this position where this is kind of what he does. Um, I urge you to check out his YouTube channel. Also, he has Patreon. He has merch. Um, and the, the, the most amazing thing is you can download, you can download for free any of his, well, I think any, I'm most, I'm not sure, but you can download his mashups directly, um, from SoundCloud. There's a, there's a link in, uh, you know, in the YouTube description and you can download an MP3. I, I mean, how cool is that? You know? He is literally the gift that keeps on giving. He is a heavy metal mashup Santa. And he's here having a chat with me a few weeks ago. So, look, thank you so much for doing this, Bill. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, my pleasure. Cool. Well, we'll, we'll see. It may not be. <laughs> um, uh, and of course, as we've sort of briefly just touched on before we started recording, it's um, you know it's, it's midday over here. It's very early. It's very early for you. So you know, I, I really do appreciate it. And you and you look like you you look like you are in a um, a classroom of some sort. I am. Yeah. So I'm an elementary music teacher, and right. uh, the building I'm in. I'm in two different buildings during the day, but right now I'm in the upper elementary. So I have fourth, fifth, and sixth grade over here. And then in the afternoons, I go next door and I have kindergarten through third grade. Right. So okay. all the elementary kids. So yeah, that, that's what I do. Well, well, being in the UK, it's like none of that makes any sense to me at all. Because obviously we have like all sorts of different years, different, like, you know, all called different stuff. Um, okay. But the beautiful thing is that the the background um, at the moment is speaks the international language of school for small people um, yeah you know it's like i can absolutely you know i can see it it takes me back all those years sure um so uh, how did you how did you start doing this the, all of these mixes which by the way are, are fantastic as you know they're beloved by by metal fans i mean you know Thank metal you. fans without a sense of humor maybe not so much but you know the metal elitists you you will will not be thanking you for any of this <laughs> right <laughs> no that's exactly right so i mean just some background with me um i started playing guitar at uh about 14 years old you know, played all the time, took lessons, all that stuff, went to college for music, um, didn't really have a lot of direction as far as what I wanted to do once I was done with college. I mean, I was a music technology major. So, and I, you know, I took guitar lessons while I was in school. And um, again, once I graduated, didn't really know what I was going to do, but I ended up getting into teaching guitar lessons just privately. And, you know, and I liked that part of it, but I was kind of following a path of, you know, you teach privately during the day and then you do, you gig at night, you know, you play, you do this, yeah. but I never liked that part of it. That was just the, the thing. Like <laughs> I love the teaching. I love that part of it. But as far as like, 
as gigging and and doing anything like that it just it never appealed to me you know d- doing stuff where you're in a band or you know even like i i've done acoustic duos just strumming singing that kind of stuff and it just not i just wasn't into it and do you mind me you do know, you mind me asking sort of what what element of it were, were you were you nervous did you just not get a kick out of it what, what both of it? those things yeah i mean it was nerves oh. it was like just the idea of of you know being in the moment being there you have to do this you know and just feeling like it's not as good as it should be you know uh, I, I mean i'm yeah. a bit of a perfectionist i, I guess uh-huh. yeah live live is not for you then yeah <laughs> right and it's not it, it, because you do it and I you can't that. do it over again you know it's you can't and i think that would that's a big part of it too and i i just i never felt comfortable um and it's also having to coordinate with other people too. Ah, Whereas yes. with mashups, I don't have to do that. I, you know, I just do it in my house anytime I want to, you know, and it's easy and I can yeah. just do that. But so, so, I mean, like that, that part of it never appealed to me. So I, I, mean, I wanted to do something with music and, you know, all the while I, I actually, I went to, I went back to college to get my um, certification to teach in a school, which is what I do now. And, um, you know, around in that time, somewhere, maybe five years ago, I, I started, getting into the the mashup thing, just listening to mashups that, that other people have done and with music that I like, you know, just with, yeah. with hard rock, with metal and that kind of thing. And I'd never heard that before. And I thought, well, I, you know, I could probably do this because I know how to, with the music technology background, I know what I would need to make it work. And I had GarageBand on my computer and I was able to figure out how to download stems, the, the individual tracks, those kinds of things and, and mix it together yeah. and then use iMovie to put a video with it. And like the first one I did, it turned out pretty well. I was like, well, this is cool. You know, I, I posted it on Facebook and, and a lot of people liked it there. Then from there, I just started a YouTube channel. I thought, well, I could probably get a lot more views eventually at some point, you know, if, if I have a YouTube channel and get a lot of followers on there. And, and the cool thing with YouTube, I mean, for the most part is that it's generally not a problem to put other people's music on there on my own channel, you know, cause that, I mean, that's what I do. It's, it's all copyrighted material. It's other people's music. And as long as I agree to run ads on my videos, it's normally not a problem. It can stay there. And, and I mean, YouTube yeah. won't give me anything for it. I don't get compensated from them, but usually it can stay there. Sometimes they're blocked. Sometimes they're taken down for various reasons but yeah youtube seems to be the best platform they get they get, ta- they get taken down by record companies who still haven't figured out that this is an opportunity not the enemy that's exactly right exactly it. Yeah. And, and and what that's doing it, it is an opportunity because it's good it's, it's allowing people it's it's <laughs> exposing them to music that they might not know because and, and yeah. that's what i do my my mixes that i do are two completely different genres so people who like pop music might not know this heavy metal song, but they might be into it. And, you know, so they, they are exposed yeah. to it. And then all of a sudden, like, there's a new Slayer fan out there, you yeah. know? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, this is, but this is, this is exactly the point. I mean, as personally, you know, as a, as a, as a singer in a band, I would rather play a festival where there's a whole bunch of bands from different genres playing and I get to reach people who would no way come and see Acid Rain rather than go on tour with three other thrash bands and play, and play to the same 600 people who already know we exist and either exactly. like us or don't. 
That's exactly it. Yep. I agree hundred percent. And you know, you're getting people that, like you said, wouldn't normally see you and, you know, expanding your fan base just. And that's the that only, reason. that's the only way forward. You have, you've got to expand. You've got to, you know, especially in the particular genre that, that I live in, which is thrash metal. People are all about, you know, it's like thrash bands, thrash tours, keep it, keep it. Thrash. And it's like, we, you know, yeah. You know, my, my band's been around for since the eighties, but it doesn't mean that, yes, we're happy with the fan base. That's it. That'll do. You've got to keep expanding and you've got to keep moving forward because, you know, it's it's about evolution. And if you don't evolve, you die, as I'm sure you teach regularly to even children understand this shit. But record companies don't. <laughs> that is so true. Absolutely true. And it's frustrating. It is. And it's not just it's anybody who does anything using somebody else's recording you know and you might be using it just for educational purposes but still record companies sometimes are just like no you're not going to do that this this recording is only going to exist here and that's it you know in no way shape or form is it going to exist anywhere else on somebody else's channel or this or that and yeah it is it's frustrating yeah yeah i can imagine i can imagine and you get i i mean presumably you also get you get strikes from from youtube so you know all of a sudden everything is like put over question and, and YouTube yeah. slash Google are famous for treating everybody the same, which is they treat everybody equally poorly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And the way that I think, I feel that they look at me, I mean, if they even think about it, it's just the same as me just taking a recording in its original form, not altering it at all and putting it on my channel and calling it mine, but that's not what yes. I'm doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not because they won't. I mean, when you reach 100,000 subscribers, you're supposed to get a uh, little plaque or whatever that they send you, you know, yeah. it's, you know without, which would be nice. But I didn't get one because it's not 100 percent original content. That's the only way that they would send something like that out to to right. a channel. I mean, money. that's one thing. There, you know, there is there, there is a such a, there's a great semantic argument to be had there, though, isn't there? That it's like, well, if you take one thing and you take another thing and you create something completely original, then it is original content. And it's like, isn't everything made up of stuff that already exists anyway? It's like no music is original because you've used a guitar and, you know. <laughs> There you go. I mean, any any form of music that exists, it's all it has been influenced by stuff in the past, you know, that's already been done. I mean, you can't really do anything 100 percent new that, that isn't already in existence in some way, shape or form in a recording somewhere from years ago. You know, yeah. everyone borrows from everybody else. But it's it's the fact that it's the exact recording that is the issue. But I don't really think that it should be that way. <laughs> You yeah, know. yeah, no, I, I, I completely, uh, completely agree. And um, but I kind of, uh, kind of went off on a tangent there. You were, you were, you were saying it's like you know, and I totally get live performance like not being for you, especially being a teacher and being a and being a perfectionist. And yeah, it, it, as opposed to the kick that I get out of performing live, you yeah. kind of get exactly the opposite, which is like, oh, you know, this oh, that's wrong, and you hit a bum note, and you're going to be pissed off for the rest of that 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 song. Oh, for, forever! I still remember solos that I took, you know, that were like, that's. I still think about it, dude. Like, let it go. Out. Let it go. No, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's how I am now. It's that's why I mean the 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 live. It's just not for me. I can't not yeah. cut out for it. 
No, but I, but also I get the working with other people. I mean, they like I do the podcast on my own, and um, uh, you know, I I I quit the I quit the band back in the nineties, and you know, I did stand up comedy for twenty years, and I I, I still do stand up, which oh, wow. is great, which is great because I'm like the master of my own destiny. You know, it's it's always it's always amusing when you get you know when I've been doing the band for a bit, and then I get I I'm, get comedy shows coming up and it's like when you're offered a show for the band it's like okay great so we've got to get you've got to speak to everybody in the band are they available for the dates what crew are available blah 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 blah. yeah yeah okay whereas when it's comedy it's agent rings up and says this gig this date this money and i go yeah or no (laughs) yeah right absolutely yeah yeah i've got a friend who's i've got a friend who's a policeman and um uh uh, a friend, a friend of mine was saying, "Oh, I've got, I've, you know, I've got the perfect, I've got the perfect crime. I know how to commit the perfect crime." And he goes, "Oh, go on then." He said, "Well, me and a friend." And he went, "Ah, there you see, you just got caught." Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "You just doubled the chances of things going wrong." That's so true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. nice to be able to do something just completely on your own, no input from anybody, nothing, no, no collaboration. It's just however you want to do it. Yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely get that. And um, and in, interestingly, what you do, and may, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm crazy here, but, um, you know, mashups have existed for a while, heard quite a few over the years, um, like um, probably Eminem and Survivor was like the first time where I, you know, I, I heard something and went like, right, yeah, now that is really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and, and, but, you you do mashup videos as well, which I think just like adds a whole other level. Slayer, Black Magic. I mean, I was I was in tears of laughter watching that. That's great. I love that. <laughs> I, it, there's some of the some of it though. Surely, when you're putting these videos together, sometimes you must be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe how well this fits without me doing anything to it." Exactly, exactly. And I'm doing, and I'm sitting there. You know, just in my living room, I, I, had, I had all the audio done with that one. I'm starting to put the video together and I'm just, I'm cracking up. I'm yeah. looking at how this, how this looks and just how I was able to find these little elements, real subtle kind of things. Because I was going through for this, the Slayer video. I, it was a live performance. It was like an hour long. Yeah. So I was good. I mean, Black Magic was a part of that performance. There were all these other songs that they were doing too. So I was able to go, if I wanted to just find some kind of like movement, or some kind of a look on Tom Mariah's face, I could go through, I could find it somewhere in that video. But like the couple of things, like, I mean, just just from the beginning, I mean, you have Prince's music and you have Tom Mariah just like kind of walking out on the stage and he just like looks and he smiles. Yes, (laughs) yes. And then Carrie King comes out as the guitar enters, you know, and it's, it's those little things. And then just a few seconds later, it cuts to Prince and they're doing like the kind of back and forth dance like this. And then I was, for some reason, I just kind of stumbled upon Tom Mariah doing that exact movement, like just for a second yeah. in the in a different part of the video. And so to put that right after it to make it look like he, he's dancing to Prince. I'm like, this is just, this is gold. And I was I'm able to find these little things and, and just kind of put them in here. But yeah, and I do, I love doing the video too. That's, that's definitely a, a big part of it. And I've had, I mean, musically, like I've had training with that, going to school for it and everything. But as far as the video, that's just 100% just figuring it out as I go, you know, using, I've, I've only ever used iMovie, which is pretty simple. Yeah. I, I thought about getting other stuff. Um, but I, I just never have, I, I just figured 
everything I need to do movie wise, I could just, I could do with iMovie and, and it works. And I don't, yeah. I don't really feel the need to go any more complicated than that. And um, yeah, but I, I do, I love doing the video because that, especially when you have something that's humorous to begin with, you know, I mean, it's Slayer with pop tunes. I've done so many of those, but they're still, I mean, they're still effective. And, but when you can find those little video elements or even just like a, a real quick shot of them headbanging to, <laughs> to, to the Prince tune, you know, it just, it works and it's just funny. So yeah, I yeah. like that part of it too. But, but also it's, it's, um, it's different. It, it, it's it's different to music as well because um, obviously you know in music you know how as you said you've got formal training and all that as, as well. But with the video and the visuals, it becomes uh, you're crossing over into into my territory, comedy now, which is you, you what you have to go with is what you think is funny, is what makes you laugh and what makes what you think is good. You can't, and it's it's that performing live thing again. You know, you can't be you can't be thinking of it from the from the viewer's perspective. You just have to focus on what you think, what what you're happy with and know that that's going to translate to enough people who will think the same as you. That's true. And I agree with that. And I, and I find that, too, that if I'm putting something together and I'm already just you know, laughing, just cracking up hysterically and then other people are going to find this funny, too, because, I mean, I build that following based on stuff that I've already done and people like that and they, they see the value in it. They see the humor in the ones that I've done. So it's, it just stands a reason that if I find something funny, then they're going to find it funny too. So just kind of go with your gut as far as that goes. Well, that, that actually bring, that brings me to, to, a uh, to a comment actually, which is uh, I, I clicked through, there was a, there was a comment from I will battle name check for YouTube user. And he just says, Mr. McClintock, you never fail to impress. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I think, well, there you go. You know, it's like knowing your audience and your audience are, are, are coming to, to see and listen to what to what you do. Yeah, that's a cool thing. And he is actually he's a mashup artist, too. And I've, I've heard some things that he's done before. And um, and he's good. He's, he's he's had a few combos that are that are really nice. And so, I mean, that's nice to hear from other mashup artists, too, who do the same kind of thing that I do. And and who who appreciate it and, and who can appreciate the work that I put into it and all that stuff. And yes, that, that's that's a really cool thing. Is it is it kind of strange as well? Because I know from like starting this podcast seven, eight years ago, um, where, you know, I was just kind of, you know, you're learning in public, basically. And 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 then all of a sudden, one day someone messages you for advice and you're like, oh, oh, am I am I that guy now? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's freaky right yeah, it is that's a weird thing and sometimes and this was uh, a friend of mine he reached out because he found a, a tune by the cars and a tune by warrant that he hmm. thought would go together really well and um i'm trying to think what they are down boys by warrant and um bye bye love by the cars and right. he was right i mean they the two songs you wouldn't think so but they're really close structurally and and they would the tempos are a little different which is why i think that it wouldn't work as well but same key and the four like the, the vocal lines the the phrases are the same length and all that stuff and so he's like well you should try this and then he went and he was just doing it like a google search or a youtube search maybe to see if it already existed or if, if anybody had tried to put something together with those two and he came across a video where it wasn't somebody who did a mashup, but they were just 
showing that the two songs were similar. So they would play like 15 seconds of one song and then 15 seconds of the other song back to back. And um, just in the comments, I think there was like two comments in that video and one person commented, somebody call Bill McClintock so he could put this together, you know, totally random, <laughs> you know? And my friend, he's like, points us out and like, dude, what the heck? Like, I just, <laughs> I found this randomly and somebody mentioned your name. I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cool, very cool. Yeah, and, and then, go ahead. Uh, you, you, you must get that, you must get, I mean, presumably you get requests, um, some of which are from people who, and you know, the music fans, gotta love them, metal fans, they're, they're great, they're wonderful, but also they, some people who just listen to music don't necessarily understand how it works. So they all suggest two songs that you should mash together and you just think, Dude, like, uh, do your ears work? And, right. you know? and there's so much of that. And a lot of times, like you said, it's people who listen to music, but they have no idea how it works. Yeah. And they'll suggest things. A lot of it is just suggestions based on two songs where the title is similar. <laughs> and you're like, this would be Never the best thought of that. ever. Like, they, I'm like, what, what are you, are the two band names, like Queen and Queens of the Stone Age or something like that? Like, yeah, do a mashup. Why? Yes. Like musically, it makes no sense. And I just, I mean, I'm nice about it. like, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. I'll look into it, you know, but dude, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, they have some letters that are the same in the, in the name of the band. That, that doesn't yeah. mean that the songs will work together. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. And, and yeah, I, I mean, I do get a lot of requests. And, and the only time I was ever able to honor someone's request was... Um, so it was a, just a random comment on one of my videos, like, hey, you should try this. And it was um, Rock the Casbah by The Clash and Super Freak by James Brown. Right. James, um, Rick James, sorry. Yes, sorry. James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I'm thinking, like, well, yeah, they're the same, same key, A minor, you know, about the same tempo. And I kind of looked into it. I'm like, yeah, I think this would actually work. And I was able to find all the stems and everything. So I did it. <laughs> and, this, this dude, and I, like, commented back to him. Or like I, th I put the, the video up that he requested. I had it done. I put it up and he was like so thrilled. Like, oh my God, you actually did it. That's so cool. But that's yeah. so rare that, that someone's going to suggest something where it's actually going to work musically. Because it, it is not even just about key and tempo, but there's so much, so much other stuff yes. that goes with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Although uh, but the one thing, the one thing that I think doesn't, that is, plays a major part in music, but doesn't matter in a mashup is, is vibe. You know, because you because you you get you know you get the vibe of Black Magic by Slayer just to go back to something we were talking about earlier. You know, yeah. uh, I, I mean, you know, Slayer and Prince—they're never going to have a similar vibe. But mm -hmm. but, but it it actually works the other way round, where yep. it works because it it doesn't work. You know, right. that's exact, and that's and a couple things I want to say about that. First is just the the way that that idea came to me. Black Magic is one of, I think, maybe one of five isolated vocal tracks by Slayer that I was able to find on YouTube. I had already done all the others. Black Magic was the only one I haven't done. And I didn't, I mean, I don't know that, I don't know that song as well, but I'm like, it's still a great vocal. I want to do something with it. For years, I've been looking, you know, and I kind of just carry that around with me just in, in, in case anything ever comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> Where, uh, a few Fridays ago, I took my kids, I have a, a five-year-old and a nine-year-old and, and and my wife, we all went to the movies and we saw the movie Sing 2, this the animated thing. And at the very beginning, they, they, you know, the, the cartoon character started playing that song. 
let's go crazy. And I'm just like listening to that. And all of a sudden, <laughs> of all things, the black magic lyrics went into my head. I'm like, oh shit, this would, this would probably work. Let me try this, <laughs> you know? And that's where it, and sometimes that's how it goes down, you know? And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I just put that aside and, you know, we went it, off to lunch it, after that, go home, and I started to put it together. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is it. This, this is the one. This is the it, tune. It, it. Inspiration can strike at any moment. And that must have been a weird moment where this, like, this movie is starting and you've got this like massive grin on your face. You, you know, your wife must have been thinking, you're enjoying this a bit too much. What's, like, what's going on with you? Right, exactly. And that's, you know, and I just, that, that's how it happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about vibe and everything like that and how they have totally different vibes, but they work together. And I think, you know, because and people will ask me like, well, what do I think of other mashups that that are out there and or suggestions that people give? And a lot of times it's based on two songs that already sound really similar. You know, they're ah, in yes. the same they're the same tempo. They have exactly the same vibe. They so when you do that, I mean, it's cool because, yeah, they're going to work together, but it's not. It's not going to create a new vibe, which yes. I, I think it's so important because it's not going to sound like it's something new. It's going to sound just like both of those sounded to begin with. And it's it's no one's going to care. You know, it's like, OK, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, they sound the same. But to take two completely different songs and put those together because they're still even though they have different vibes, the, the musical elements are still there. Rhythmically, the Slayer vocals that, you know, that. Da, 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 da. And that's that's the same rhythm that's happening in the Prince tune. And that's why those work. I mean, it's just rhythmic based. There's no yes. he's not singing, so there's no there's no need to match the melody in the same key or anything. Yeah. So it's just as long as that rhythmic element is really strong, then it's then you're good, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and do you I mean, obviously you're you know you're you're a metal fan, and that's that's the that's the that's the 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 music that you use as your kind of like your imprint that's your go-to um uh and i'm presuming that it's just bands you like it's songs you know you just you're just purely going off your your own kind of you know record collection your own love of metal you're not going to sort of go out there and go to use pluck a band out of the air oh you know cannibal corpse i wonder if i could do a good job with that when you're not a cannibal corpse fan and you don't have any of the records well, or not, um, or not, <laughs> seems or not. It might surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's been several times where it's been the opposite, where it's, it's songs that I don't know that well, um, but kind of stumble upon in different ways. One of those ways is through a, a website called Karaoke Version, and they have, I mean, they have a whole database of karaoke covers of songs, and I've used some of those. And in fact, the, the Prince one was from that. I, I couldn't use Prince because I know immediately that one would be blocked. Yeah. because how protective print and the record company is of his music and i mean it's still it still could be taken down i don't know it's been up for a few days so we'll see but anyway, <laughs> the karaoke version for that but anyway that website has a, a really cool search feature where you can search by key or by a tempo range and by style and everything right and then when you search it, it'll show you everything that they have in their database which i think is like 50,000 songs. They have, they have a lot on there. But so, sometimes I'll just get ideas from that. And um, I, I I came a, across a Slipknot vocal years ago, Sulfur. And I, I didn't, I really didn't know that song. I'm, I'm not going to say I don't like, I mean, I just, I didn't really know it, you know, yeah. but I'm like, let's, let's see what I can do with this vocal. Cause I'd already done a couple by them. 
And then I, I used that database and it was coming up with all kinds of weird stuff. But one of the things that was there was the Spice Girls, <laughs> you know, wannabe. And, and I'm sitting at my kid's uh, uh, karate class. <laughs> this is another one, just like a weird place. And I'm just kind of like listening to both just on my phone, you know, just like, this might, yeah, this might let's try this, you know? And I, I ended up doing it and it's got, I don't know, something close to 3 million hits by now after, after wow. being on for a couple of years. But so that was, yeah, and that happens. Sometimes it's stuff that I really don't know. And in fact, the, the Overkill one that I just did, you know, that was another one with the Overkill and the Temptations. I knew the Temptations song and that was another one that vocal was on my list to do. And I was going through Apple Music just on the metal station, just one song after another, just kind of listening, listening, listening for a couple seconds just to find something. And the, the Overkill song, um, Hello from the Gutter, came on. I'm like, okay, this is it. This is the right key. This is the right tempo. I think this can work. And then I did it. But I mean, this was months after they had asked me to do one, to do a mashup with one of their songs, Overkill did. And, and cool. I just kind of put it in the back of my mind. And I'm like, maybe, we'll see. You know, but, you know, yeah. maybe eight months later or so, I, I ended up finding that. I'm like, okay, let's do that. And then, and then they were so happy with it and everything. So that was, that was really cool. But that's, it's interesting how they come together sometimes. That, that, I was, that was going to be kind of, that leads me into my next question, which was going to be, do you, you know, do you get as well as requests from people, you know, listeners on YouTube, do you get requests for, for bands? And also, have you had requests to, uh, from bands to take stuff down? Have bands taken offense of, you know? Oh, um, well, as far as bands reaching out and requesting me to do stuff, not really. I mean, that was the, the overkill one was probably, I think the only one that I could think of anyway, where, right. yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're the only one who, who ever reached out and said, can you do something? So, I mean, that happened that one time. Um, no one, no bands have ever reached out to me personally to like complain for something that I had done with their, I mean, it's all just through, and I don't even know if it's the bands, it's probably just the record companies. Yeah. They have to file a, a, a formal complaint with YouTube. And when they do that, then, then your videos automatically, they're just no questions asked, you know, videos taken down. That's it, you know, and they, you yeah. can't really do anything about it because yeah, you use somebody else's stuff and you don't really have the right to do that. I mean, you can, and usually it's not a problem, but sometimes it's just not so, but no. So, I mean, that's, that's it. You don't really hear from anybody. It's just all of a sudden you get an email from YouTube. We got yeah. this complaint and we'd had to take down your video. Yeah. 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 As, as they do. Um, do you, and, and kind of touched right at the beginning on the, on the metal elitists and, um, you know, uh, um, presumably you, you've, you know, you've, you've been on the wrong end of, of, of some of their vitriol about stuff you've done. Yeah. Um, you get, I mean, a lot of times they'll come on and just like, oh, you know, how could you do this to a, <laughs> to a Metallica song or this is stupid or, you know, this and that. And more so at the beginning, I would get more comments like that when I, I didn't have as many followers. But now I think just my fan base and the people who follow me, they kind of know what I'm all about. And yeah. they're just like what it is. And this is why we follow you. But every once in a while you get somebody who does they don't know they've never heard it they just see like you know come comes up in their feed on youtube this this video like what is this and you know they're not expecting it and there's <laughs> like i mean it, usually it, it's just comments just like what the like what yeah <laughs> what is right. it yeah, yeah. what you what know? the fuck have you done to this great song yeah 
yeah, yeah. Not, not, not so much anymore, but every once in a while. And you just like keep scrolling it. And there was a time where when I was first starting out and I just, I just go back and forth with somebody like, what do you mean? Like, why is this such a big uh, deal? Or yeah. what I learned not to do it because you can't, yeah. you're not going to convince them and yeah. it's, they're not going to like it. And that's what it is. So you just ignore it. That's, that's well, all you can. Well, also the thing is that when, whenever these comments are made, I mean, firstly, when you, when you get a, when you get a following and stuff, as you do now, the comments police themselves because some humorless dick comes in and says something and then everyone else is going to be like, what are you doing here? You don't get it, you know, and yeah. they're going to shut them down without use. So I'm, I, I would imagine like myself, sometimes you look at comments on YouTube and you see everybody policing it for you. And it's actually yeah. quite amusing because you it, just yeah. see everybody doing, you know, it's great. Right. And there, there have been times where, where I would find a, a comment like that, just something. I'll, if it's a comment that kind of, it's pretty elaborate and it goes on for a while about like, this is not, you shouldn't do this, blah, blah, blah. Then I, I'll take that and I'll pin it. So it'll go to the very top. It's the first comment that everyone will see as they're going through the comments. And that's when it really hits the fan, you know, people go yeah. in. And that's, I mean, and the funny thing is that that's going to blow up that person's phone. <laughs> they're going to get all these angry things from pe people who, because of what they said. And it's yeah. great. I all I had to do was pin it, and that's it. I've, I've just realized. I've just realized you what you're doing. That is the virtual. That is the virtual equivalent of making somebody stand in the front in front of the class. What is it that you think is so funny? Wow, I never thought of it that way. But you're. you're that's <laughs> it. You hit the nail on the head. That's perfect. It's, it's the teacher. <laughs> the teacher in you is 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 yeah. It's come alive. That's brilliant. Well, yeah, I never thought of that. That, but that's it. That's brilliant. That's exactly yeah. what it is. You know, it is. But also, but also, the thing is that, it, that, that again, there are similarities with comedy here where people don't get the joke, and the the, the rule is that like uh, all jokes are funny unless they're about you. And and that is that's what everybody suffers with. So you can stand on stage and do all sorts of cover every single topic and someone will sit there and laugh. And then you do a joke about cancer and someone in their family is currently is dealing with cancer. And all of a sudden you're not funny anymore. You're offensive. That was out of order. None of the other stuff like right. none of the other just that. Yeah. And that's what you're dealing with when when you, you know, because people have an emotional attachment to music. And this is what it's all about. It's about emotions. That's exactly it. Yeah. And you'll get some people really fired up if they don't like it. But yeah. I mean, usually it's the opposite. You know, you get them fired up because they love it and they think it's the coolest thing. And like, how did yeah. you do this and this and that and that, you know, and I think that's a part of, I, I, mean, I wanted to get to a point not just with a bit with with anything in life where I want to be able to do something where people just sit there and like scratch your head and like how the hell do you do this you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, and yeah. It's taken a long time it's taken a lot of practice to to get to where I think I can do that a lot of times but it's it's a cool thing just just to kind of sit back and be like why well, I, I mean I've I've earned this I've practiced it for years and years and put so many hours into it so it's it's just a cool thing just to kind of do that and just to see people who are just just amazed by it and they love it. So it's it's it, it can it's really rewarding to have that. And and I and I noticed that that you that I mean you you know you you're taking it to all levels. You've got merch available. You know you're on Patreon as am I. Hi fellow Patreon, um, <laughs> um, fellow creator. Sorry, um, you've really kind of like expanded 
your universe and was that was that a case of just like you know okay i'll try this step oh that seems to work right i'll try this step and you know and you and you even make the mixes available for download which blew me away i really wasn't expecting that yeah and it was it was for a long time i put off doing a patreon because this uh, mashups have always been a hobby and i never wanted it to feel like a job I never wanted it to feel like, okay, I have to do this and this. I have to, to continue to, to put content on my Patreon because people are paying for it. I never wanted it to feel that way. Yeah, pressure. Because I think that's just going to kill the whole thing and make me not want to do it at all. And I mean, I, to be honest, I feel a little bit of that, that, that you know, I, I have on top of doing my, my day job or any kind of stuff I have to do at home already for, for teaching. To, to pile extra stuff on it. I just, sometimes I just don't, I don't want to. And, but then I look at it, I'm like, well, I don't want to stop getting paid for it. Cause again, YouTube's never going to give me anything. So yeah, I, I want to keep going with it and everything. But, and so, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, you know, something extra per month. Um, as long as I could just put a little bit of time into it. And it, it's normally it's just stuff behind the scenes videos that I'll make of how I put the mixes together. And I've done maybe 10 of those. And some of that includes behind the scenes of, of mashups that, that I started, but never finished for various reasons, you know, cause I just, I just didn't, they weren't vibing together or, or whatever it was. Um, and, and, and I think people appreciate that. And that's stuff that they can't just see on YouTube. You would have to, you would have to, to be a, a patron on there to see that behind the scenes stuff. But yeah, I and mean, it's, there's some pressure to, to continue that and to keep making those extra videos to, to put on there. Um, but yeah, so it's cool. And the merch, I just, I kind of made a few designs and put them on just to see if people would, would be into them. I, I mean, I'm not a graphic designer by any means, you know, I, <laughs> I do my thumbnails and some of them look okay. Some of them just look kind of goofy. <laughs> it's like, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't know anybody who could do this. So I'm just going to kind of do it myself. Um, but I, I would like to do more with, with merch. I don't know what exactly, but I would think just t-shirts based on some of the creations that I've done, but I'd, I'd have to get somebody who really knows what they're doing to, to make them look really good because otherwise people aren't going to want to buy it, you know, but if I can yeah. find somebody to, to, to put something together, you know, whether it's just like a picture of, of Tom or I and Prince next to each other or something, you know, yeah. it would be yeah. funny that, that people would, would appreciate and would actually want to wear. Um, so yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah, it's it's it, what you need is you need you need to find the you of 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 artwork, you know, of, of, of yeah. merch design. Somebody who can like you know who can mash it together for you and say right yeah. like that, you know, that works. And then you know, believe you and me, as as somebody in a band, to actually get people to commit online to to buying merch and you know going through the uh, selecting it and have you got it in the right size and is it the right price and oh is it, it which t-shirt company what t-shirt brand is it made on because i don't i don't want it if it's on fruit of the loom or if it's gildan or yeah and yeah it's like a, it's a whole other world of pain if you can if you can get it right and then of course there's the volumes of uh, t the volumes of shirts to buy and what sizes and how mm -hmm. to split the sizes up and yeah it's it, it that is a that's a whole evolving world that I, I, in case you haven't gathered, I'm steering you away from. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably for the best. <laughs> uh, it, it's, a, it's just a massive pain in the ass because stuff that you think is awesome, for some reason, doesn't click, doesn't sell. 
mm-hmm. you know, stuff that you think is like, mm, it's okay, flies out the door. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and and sizes as well. It's trying to get sizes, and also, and ultimately, um, to make it work, you need to um, you need to you need to be ordering significant numbers, or they're going to be too expensive, and people just won't buy them, no matter how cool they are. Right, that's true. Yeah, so, that, there's a lot yeah. that goes into that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh, and I'm sorry, I'd I'd forgotten all about storage. Yeah. <laughs> so you better have plenty of room at home. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, the, the, there's a company, I think they're called Teespring where they just, they do all that. Ah, all you have to yes. do is like submit your design basically and say, I want it available for this, this, and this. But I mean, because they're the ones doing it, the stuff, like the price point is, is expensive. You know, yeah. it's like around 30 bucks for a t-shirt yeah. because they're going to take their cut and I'll take a little bit of whatever. And so, and, and like you say, people aren't going to want to spend that much just for yeah. a t-shirt. Yeah. So, yeah. It's frustrating yourself, then you're, you know, you're really not going to make much on, on doing the merch thing. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm like, you, you know, with, with Patreon as well, it's like, yes, there is pressure there to, to keep delivering content, but by the same token that you, you know, that the budget you're going to, you know, the, the, the money you're getting from that content um, is, you know, is helping you, you know, survive if you need extra gear and because and also it's paying for your time because you know time is money that's exactly it yeah and it, it takes a lot of time it's uh, you know and people ask sometimes how, how much time does it take beginning to end my estimate is around 20 hours somewhere around wow. there does it take i mean including the just from the beginning putting them together um coming up with a video and just the the editing of them or the you know once you you kind of have a draft and then going and just going over it and over it and trying to find every little imperfection and just improving it to the point where you can't find a way to improve it anymore. And that's that's the perfectionist in me. And that's why it takes a long time to, to do that. But you're right. So it, it's a lot of time and time yeah. is money. So it's good to be compensated a little bit for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so you've you, you you're a guitar player um, and and you've you've are you still you still doing guitar lessons and stuff like that? No, I haven't done those for a few years. I kind of, I am, that was full time for me for, for a few years, for like five years or so. And oh, I had right. about 60 kids a week. There were half hour lessons, but I would have between 60 and 70. Some kids, some, some adults would come in. So, I mean, that kept me busy and I liked the teaching so much. And that's when I decided, well, I should get my certification so I could teach in a school, something that can sustain me for a whole career. And then once that, once I got a full-time job, then teaching in a school, then the, my student load just kind of, I just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I yeah. mean, the, the school where I was working eventually went out of business after I left, but you know, it's just the kind of thing where I, I knew I couldn't do that forever. And honestly, I like teaching in a school a lot more. I just, I like the, the group of kids. I like the kind of the, the activities we can do with a whole group. And, you know, I mean, you have your kids who are just going to have behavior problems and that's just how it goes. But it's still a whole class. You're still going to have kids there that you like. With the teaching, sometimes with the, the individual guitar lessons, sometimes you have a kid and you just, you can't stand them, you know? And, you have, yeah. and you, you're stuck with that kid for 30 minutes. And it's like, oh my God, I can't, I cannot, you know? Yeah. With yeah. a class, you, you have your ups and downs. It's, you know, there's always some kids there who you love. And and uh, so you focus on them. Yeah, but I just, I, I do. I like the the classroom teaching more and and it's 
as far as guitar playing, I just don't have a reason to, you know, I mean, when I was in high school, I played all the time. I just, it was new to me at that time and I loved it. And I would just learn all these songs. And as the years went on, I just didn't, it, it didn't really do anything for me anymore to try to learn these songs and to do this and that with them. And I, I mean, I tried writing some things just again, using garage band, just recording guitar stuff, putting in a drum track, bass track and that kind of, and it was more like eighties rock kind of a vibe. And it, that was fun. It was cool, but I did a couple and then I didn't really want to do any more. I just, it didn't do much for me, you know? Yeah. And, and well, then the well that that kind of becomes, that, that kind of becomes a point where, where you think, well, okay, if I'm going to do this, then it needs some bass on it. And, yeah. and, and really what's the point of this if there's no vocals on it? And then you, you, it's like, oh, uh oh, this is no, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is going down a road I don't want to go down. Yeah, exactly. And it was, you know, like I said, I, I came up with a couple of tunes that were kind of cool. It was, but it, it wasn't enough to sustain me. Like I want to keep doing this and doing this and doing this, you know. And I would share them, and they, would, you know, some people would like them and everything like that. But you know, it's, it, I don't just the mashup thing just really appealed to me. And I, and even what, before I had a lot of followers, I was still making them all the time. Like I, I probably had about twenty that I had made and put on on my YouTube channel before. I had one on there that really took off. And then I started to, to get more fans af after that. Uh, so which one was time. that? Which one was that that kickstarted? It was um, Rat and Marvin Gaye. And wow. That was, yeah, that, that was, it was a cool thing. I was at, um, you know, I, 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 like I said, I had done about 20 of them and I put that one on and I didn't think much of it. I thought it was cool, but you know, all the other ones I did were cool too. So I, I didn't think there was anything that special about it. But then I'm like at, um, I was at a I was at a, a Y&T concert at just like a, a venue in in Pittsburgh where I live and was just there with my friend and kind of just checked on my phone and looked at it and all of a sudden I saw that that video was getting all these hits I'm like that's never happened like what's going on and I did just a Google search for the the title that I made of it and I just saw like there were these articles that had been written about it from like different publications I'm like whoa this is cool and then right. the next day, like I, I was, was teaching in school and like I'm, I'm teaching my kids and I keep like checking my phone, like seeing I'm getting more hits and more hits because that had never happened at all. Like nothing yeah. ever even close to that. And that was so cool. And just to see that and that, I mean, that really fueled me to just keep going at that point because I didn't know how much longer I was going to do it if I wasn't getting any any hits and, you know, wasn't really developing an audience. But but that I mean, that that happened at that point. And then that, like I said, really fueled me to just keep going with it yeah and, and because like you know you, it, it, it's, it's no fun doing stuff in a vacuum you want to get some feedback you know we you know right if we've done something that's cool you want people to see it and tell you it's cool uh-huh and that's like you're saying, nothing like wrong you're, with that there's nothing wrong with that right like you're saying too with what you do you're cutting your learning in public and that's exactly what it was because i didn't know what people would like you know i, I know what yeah. i like and, and that kind of thing and i was just kind of finding a balance between what I like and what other people like, because I don't want to do something that I think is stupid just because other people are going to like it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think I've really found it just with the, the metal and pop combinations because I love doing those and, and people think they're great. People think they're funny. And so I do a lot of that kind of thing. And then also with the soul metal, which is kind of the flip flop where it's a metal instrumental with um, soul, like, you know, R and B, whatever, vocals yeah. which is also a really cool combo so those i feel are like the two main things that i do that the people that i like and that other people really enjoy too and I, I think i might know the answer to this 
But um, are, you, are you ever working on something and you're thinking, right, now this is this is going to go big. This is great. This is wonderful. And then it doesn't. And then, the I, yeah, and then I, I thought I knew the answer to this. And then, and then something you think, eh, yeah, it's okay, goes huge. And you're like, well, I don't, I don't know anything. 100%. And, and you, that's one thing that I, that I have learned that yeah. I will never learn is how to, how to gauge what the, what my audience's reaction is going to be. I have no idea. And yeah. I, I thought, I mean, like the, this, the Prince and Slayer one that I just did, like, yeah, I mean, it has, I don't know, maybe 80,000 hits after three days, which is good. But to be honest, that's pretty average for me. I mean, yeah. that, that I usually get around that within a, a few days to a week. It's usually around there. Um, I thought it was going to be more like when I did um, Metallica and Huey Lewis, which was the last one that I, that was about a year ago, January. That one really took off. That, that got to a million hits within two weeks, I think. Wow. And I mean, I think... Part of that is is the Metallica song is so well known and, yeah. and that vocal and everything, everybody knows that whether metal fans like it or not. And it's not just a, a, a metal fan base. That's just, I feel like everyone really knows that song. And, uh, and I know just Metallica, the Black Album got a lot of criticism from metal fans who were really into the first four album albums that Metallica did because they were like more hardcore metal and the black album not so much it started to go in a different direction had it was more radio friendly you know so yeah. It, it, yeah, and people calling it more of a pop kind of a thing and so to actually put that vocal with a pop song i think was something that kind of triggered something in people too to be like see there it is this is a pop song you know always <laughs> was the very beginning. <laughs> uh, for, for once you've got metal elitists on your channel going good work yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right um yeah, you know, it, it's 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 the same same for me. You know, it's uh, welcome to the world of social media. I am convinced that anybody who works in social media marketing is is snake oil salesman, because what you know, what you know, and what I know is we don't know anything. That's you know, exactly it. You just no, you can't no, you no cannot sure. create content that is guaranteed to hit so many hits to go viral to be popular you just don't know because it's, no. it's for me it's it's inevitable that something you think is going to be big isn't and something that you pay little attention to goes huge and you're mm -hmm. just left scratching your head yeah and i and to, you know the opposite was a, a few christmases ago when i did the marilyn manson and mariah carey and that that has more views than anything on my channel and i thought you know i, I put it together and i thought like okay this is cool you know, and I was kind of like iffy about it before I, I uploaded it like this. This is kind of weird that, you know, I mean, I've always had kind of weird combinations, but that one more than any I felt was, was just so out there. And I'm like, should I even post this? I don't know. You know, and and I did. And, then, you know, three days later with a million <laughs> hits on YouTube, I'm like, really? OK, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's fine. Like, I mean, not that I don't like it. I, I think it's cool and everything, but I think a lot of the other ones I did were cool. And I just. And like you said, you just don't know. You don't know which ones are going to take off. It's a total surprise every time. Yeah, yeah. And it is. It's, 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 it's unfathomable. It really is. And I, as I said, you know, anyone who works in social media marketing is like, come on, you know, we, we know you don't know as well. Yeah, you've got access to tons of matrix and data and all the rest of it. But that's not that that just tells you what people that tells you how 
people reacted to what but it doesn't tell you what's going to create a winning combination because if you take all those numbers and you go well actually if we create this this should go viral i'll guarantee it won't right that's exactly it and every time i think something is going to it never does <laughs> yeah yeah you just be- have no idea you exactly because all you can ever be offered it's it's all you can ever be offered is is okay is is data as to how this performed and how that performed and that's like well yeah but that doesn't that doesn't create content and ultimately as human beings um we're back to emotions again it's how people you know emotionally connect to what they see to what to what they hear and that can't be predicted no no definitely not and that that's it can be frustrating sometimes just because you just you don't know and it's it's a surprise every time when you put something out and it's and more often than not it's a disappointment because you expect it you you once you have a few that that have really gone viral over the years and you just you no matter how unrealistic it might be, you just, you expect that every time and you want that because you, you put in the work, you put in the time, just like you did for the ones that went viral. Yeah. So why isn't this, you know, and it's, yeah. it's uh, just, it feels like a letdown. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I know, I know what you mean. I mean, um, speak, you were saying like, you know, over the years, so how, how long have you, um, how long have you been doing this now? Almost five years. It was my first, the first one I did, I remember was in May of, 2017 yeah so so it'll be five years since i did the first one in uh in may um so yeah i mean a while and and the thing with me is usually when i find something that i'm kind of into and that i want to pursue and try to get good at something three years is is generally as as far as i go with it and then and that's it but this is different because i've never anything else that I've tried to get good at in the past, whether it's musical or not. I mean, I'm talking anything from like, from pool to bowling to, you know, yeah, and any of those, like it doesn't have to be music related, but you know, those things last about three years, but this is different. I think just because of the fan base and yeah, because I, you know, I have those people and I, it's just nice to have that audience who I, I can get a reaction for something that I, that I make. And, and you know, people who are, almost like depending on it, like, when are you going to do another one? We're waiting, you know, and sometimes I'll get comments like, yeah. dude, it's been, a, it's been a few weeks. Like, when are you going to come out with something else? You know, uh-huh. so I know that people are kind of, are, are almost waiting, like, okay, let's, let's see what he's going to come up with next. And yeah. that's so cool, you know, to, to have that and know that no matter what I do, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to watch it. Yeah. And, and that, that's interesting because that's, a, it's almost like, um, in those in those other areas, what I, when when I was listening to you talk about that, it re- reminded me a lot of me. Basically, I'm I'm very much kind of like if I pick some if I try something and I've got an aptitude for it immediately, then I will work on it. If I try something and I don't have an aptitude for it, I will walk away and never speak of it again. Yep, <laughs> yeah. I'm exactly that way. Yeah, since yeah. since I was a little kid, if I, if I wasn't good at something right away, I, I, that was it. I don't want to do it. I'd yeah, go on and try something else that I was good at. But, and I mean, it makes sense because you you want it to, to succeed at it. And if you if you feel like you have a leg up, you you have an aptitude for it, then that's what you want to spend your time doing. You know, and I've had a lot of. I mean, it, <laughs> I I think sometimes of myself being that way, and I can remember when I had students who would come to me when I was doing the private guitar lessons. And these are adults who so 
obviously did not have an aptitude for it and and who would just keep on trying and trying and trying and they, i can't say anything all i can do is encourage them to keep yeah. trying and keep trying kind of a thing but practice makes perfect there and be like I, I don't know what's keeping this person coming in here and trying because you could see yeah. them getting frustrated and it's and they don't i mean because me if i had tried something and realized immediately that I didn't have an aptitude for it. That would have been it. That's, but yeah. not everyone's like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I, I get, I get asked not all the time, but occasionally I get asked like, do you ever get nervous about going on stage? And I'm like, dude, if I got nervous about going on stage, I wouldn't go on stage. Fuck that. Mm. Yeah. No way. You know, I see, I see like other, other people in bands, other comedians like pacing and having to go to the toilet before they go on. And I'm like, dude, do something else. Find something else. It's not, yeah. it's not worth it. I'm the other way around. Yeah. I'm like, I can't wait to get out there. And that's, that's why it. I do it. If I did, mm -hmm. if I, you know, if I was that nervous, I would never do it. Right. That's exactly right. And I, I couldn't imagine because I would be more that way. You know, I, I always got really nervous. And that's why I don't do it. <laughs> that's and that's, you know? Yeah, because it's not fun being nervous. No, it's not. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I can remember like doing a gig and, and feeling good afterwards because I had a, I memorized all this music. I, I you know, got it together. I, I, I did a, a decent job and everything, but I wasn't having fun in the moment when I was yeah. there. I didn't like it. I was like, okay, just a few more songs and I'm done and I can, <laughs> I can go home. You know, <laughs> that's not, you know, I'm not that person. I, that's, I, I yeah. never wanted to do that. So, but yeah, it, it doesn't make sense that somebody would continue to do that going on stage either by themselves or with a group. And if they're that miserable beforehand, just why, why are you doing it? Yeah. And it, and it's, it also sounds to me like um, you've achieved a level of success with, with mashups that, um, that I don't, I don't want to get all like, you know, cod psychology on you, but maybe a level of success that you were always always looking for in other avenues that 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 you that you weren't ever getting to and then i mean for instance those feelings of nerves and plowing through a gig and it being okay afterwards well if it's 50 people in a bar you just think yeah fuck this mm -hmm. but if it's 50,000 people you think yeah i can learn i could learn to enjoy this yeah. but but now with with mashups you you've got that level of exposure quarter of a million you know uh, followers, etc., where it's like, okay, no, this is this is a level that I've been looking for. Is that mm -hmm. is that true? That's exactly it. Yeah, and I've, I've just throughout my life, I've tried different things. <laughs> uh, have you know tried different things? I mean, moderate success at, at getting good at it, but I mean, music has always been my thing. That that's what I've had an aptitude for. Um, and not even necessarily playing, but I think just it's it's always just kind of been more just being able to think through things and being able to arrange charts and and hear things, learn by ear, and be able to transcribe and those and that all kind of flows together into doing the mashups and and yeah, it's almost like I've been training for it my whole life, but just didn't know it. Absolutely, so, I was just gonna like, say that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Learning these different things, like learning the technology, learning how to arrange being exposed and, and, you know, knowing all these different kinds of music and the video editing. And I just, I did all of that at some point and it just came together one day, like, this is it. This is what I can do. This is what's going to separate me from everybody else. And so, yeah, so it's, it's definitely been a, it's a good experience in, in reaching that level of success that I've definitely been trying for a long time and, and just all different kinds of ways, even 
even going on Instagram and, and like learning guitar solos, like, oh, look at me, I can play Bark at the Moon guitar solo, you know? <laughs> and yeah, who cares? You know, Jakey e. Lee already did it. Who cares if, if you can do it too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, funnily enough, I think there's, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, a, uh, I'm an ADHD adult. Well, you know, you have ADHD from, from birth. And I found out a few years ago that it's like, that's, that's me. That's what I have. Um, and um, uh, without drawing comparisons, I can, I absolutely get that when you were talking there about all of the constituent parts of putting, um, of putting mashups together and all the, all the different things, that is exactly what would put a lot of people off doing that. But, yeah. but somebody like myself, and I'm not projecting onto you, um, but someone like myself, for me, that would be, oh, no, no, that's why I love doing this, because yep. it's because it's all of that stuff. And um, somebody watching you does it and goes, like, how the hell do you do this? This looks like yeah. a lot of work. How could you possibly enjoy this? And I, uh, yeah, I, I'm that way for sure. I'm a very detail oriented person, you know, really small details and and when people tell me that that my attention to detail is just unmatched, that's like the biggest compliment you can give me because I am. I just I I I really pay close attention to tiny, insignificant things, and I mean that's I love that. I love doing that. Just going over anything I do with a with a fine tooth comb and just this and this and just fixing things and and figuring out little guitar fills that I could put in here because it fits and it works and it's like a puzzle, you know, and I love that. I love it. And that, and that's where our similarities end. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that, that, that does, that does sound like a, a, a lot of work and the perfectionist and, and the detail is definitely, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I, I am, I'm with the people looking at you going, yeah, that's, that's like, incredible but the the attention to detail especially with stuff like this is is what makes it work it's what separates you from the pack if you like because i'm sure you can hear an, a, other people doing mashups where you listen to it and you go dude you you fucking you need to spend a few more hours on that you lazy motherfucker yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 Let, give it to me i'll fix it for you <laughs> right right and i do i mean there's there's a lot of people who do mashups but so many of them use music that i just don't know it's it's newer music and i i don't know i mean and mashups are are pointless if you don't know the original material yes that's the only thing that the thing that makes them work and it makes them like magical is that you know this song and you know this song and to hear them together like oh okay that's really cool but if it you know, it, it could be a really good mashup, but if, if I don't know this song, it just sounds like a song. And yeah. I, I don't know the, this, the source material. And I feel, I mean, just from what I've seen, I feel like at least 90% of, of mashup artists use that. So I just, I can't appreciate it just because I don't know the stuff. Yeah. So and I feel like I'm, I'm kind of on my own little island because I use this music. This is what I like. There's not many people who use older music to do it. And I think that's part of what has helped me build a bigger fan base too. It's people who already like that music. They, they listen to older music and they know it. And they're going to go and listen to my stuff because they like that music that I use as opposed to somebody who's using something else that they don't like or that they don't know. Yeah. So that's kind of helped separate me. And also, and also your, your fan day, your, 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 your base fan base um the root of it is metal and metal fans are 
some of the most passionate music fans that there are. I've always said, even as a kid, I always said, it's not a music taste. It's a way of life. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. I've never considered myself like a metal head. I like metal music. You know, I, I the stuff that I'll use, I, I definitely like all of it. But and you're right, the, the, just people who are that into metal, they're, they're really passionate about it. You can see them in the, I mean, just the live footage that I use of concerts, just the way that they are and the audience are going crazy for these metal acts, you know? Yeah. And as long as they're not elitist, then they'll look at the stuff that I do, you know, <laughs> and they'll be like, okay, that's that's really cool. And and most people do have a good sense of humor about it. Um, but yeah, so it, it definitely met, and I see a lot of times, um, you know, metal publications, online will just share my stuff and just write a, a little blurb about it and you know check out this new thing which i remember the first time that happened that was so cool and you know just to see like them talking about me and this thing that i'm doing and and now it's to the point where i've had so many that if i i put one out and i don't see any publications about <laughs> them, like, what happened like why are they not talking about me on this one yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but it's, the thing is, as well, is that um, is that metal fans are so passionate, but also they're great advocates. You know, they're great because you you know that if the the metal your fan base will be out there, as well as all of those articles, there's all of the sharing going on that you don't see. You know, where people are sharing it on their own personal social media, because us metal fans are all the same. When we find something that is really cool about metal that we think not a lot of other people know about, we want to be the ones to introduce it to all of our friends and everyone we can. That that makes sense. Yeah. And I I, I do see a lot of that, you know, people because I'll do a, a just a, a search on Facebook of the you know, the, the two bands that I just did and just to see like people who share it and all that. And it'll tell you like how many times people share it, like a thousand times or whatever it is. So, and there's, there's a lot that I don't see. You're right. Like people who, who, I guess, you know, metal fans who will put it on their own social media, sharing it because they want other people to see it and they, and they'll, they'll tag people in it. And I'll see like somebody will just comment on my video that I, I posted on Facebook. They'll just tag somebody and just to get their reaction on it. But yeah, definitely. They, they, yeah. And they know people who will appreciate it and, and they'll share it with them. And it just kind of expands. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's like, I've said, you know, as we say about the subscribers to this podcast, it's like, like you, you, you are like, you know, my, my army, you are the greatest asset. You know, I can, I can put ads on, I can put ads on platforms and put money behind it and all the rest of it. But that's all kind of meaningless. That just ends up in someone's feed down an ad strip and whatever, you know, but when yeah. something appears in someone's feed because somebody else that they know has shared it, it has meaning, it has context. Yeah. So hopefully. people are more likely to, to, to gravitate towards it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have, there's a, a teacher in the, the primary center next door, a third grade teacher. And she'll tell me how she sees like her friends on her own feed who are sharing my stuff. They don't know me. You know, and they're talking about like, oh, this is so cool and everything. And then she, the teacher, she'll go on and she'll be like, yeah, he is really cool. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> and all this stuff. And he's, yeah, he is really cool. So keep sharing his stuff. Oh, that's, that's, that's a nice thing to hear. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Well, look, I know you've got, a, I know you've got a lesson coming up and any minute we're going to have kids steaming into the room. That's maybe not the best end to an interview. Um, but um, look, speaking of which, um, please, I'll, I'll, I'll get this up um, over the coming weeks. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll stay in touch. And um, and yeah, 
do the sharing. I'll do the sharing. And uh, this has been great, Bill. Keep doing what yeah. you're doing. Um, it's you. it, it's awesome. It really is. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on. It's always it's nice to talk about it, you know, and, and yeah. you want to listen who are into it. So, yes, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, not at all. I mean, I'm I'm into it. I mean, I realize that, you know, my band's nowhere near well known enough for you to ever do anything of ours. But keep keep just keep doing what you're doing, because like I honestly black magic that just that made my day that absolutely made my day. And what did I do? I shared it with everyone. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) No, no worries, man. Thank you so much. It's been awesome. Really enjoyed talking to you. All right. For sure. You take care. Yeah, you too, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I really enjoyed doing that. And um, I I think it pretty obviously, you know, comes through in the interview. We had uh, just a great chat. And um, I'm doing it, aren't I? I'm doing what I slag other um, podcasts off for doing. And that's reviewing the interview and talking about the interview and just basically rehashing everything that you've already just heard and figured out for yourself. Um, So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that other than to say support Bill every way you can. Obviously, support this podcast as well, because believe it or not, I have a Patreon too. I can't believe I haven't mentioned it yet. It's patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. Um, sign up for the full bollocks and you get a shed load of stuff. You get um, you get a classic album um, that gets... I, I do a deep, deep dive um, breakdown of a classic album every month. Um, you get a live on Zoom podcast with guests. Uh, you get the podcast early. You get to ask in. You get to ask interview questions because I, so basically, look, you know the score. It's six dollars a month. There's a link in the uh, description to the podcast. If you can't remember, patreon.com forward slash Howard H Smith. Then click the link that says join podcast Patreon and sign up. Okay. Anyway. Um, so if you can support Bill and myself, that would be marvellous. If you want to choose just one of us, then make it me. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry, Bill. Um, thank you for listening. This is that stage of the podcast where I, I and I kind of do this every time. And I think I don't want you to think that this is in any way routine or it's not heartfelt or it's insincere in any way. I genuinely, genuinely mean it when I say It is an absolute pleasure being in your ears. It really is. Every month, I love doing these. Couple of months, we got old bollocks coming as well. Forgot to mention that at the top, didn't I? With my good friend, Stephen Oldhead Ivy. Um, And then another episode of that will be coming up soon. Uh, So keep your eye on the And there's movie bollocks. I'm forgetting it all, aren't I, really? But you know that because you're listening to this. So hopefully you, you already know all of that. And if you didn't, keep an eye on your podcast feed. And wherever you are, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button, please. Whatever you're listening to this on, there'll be a button that says subscribe or something like that. Tap that and you'll get everything as and when. And the thing is, the beauty of this podcast, okay, I'm going to really show off now. When you subscribe to Talking Bollocks, you get Talking Bollocks podcasts. You get Movie Bollocks podcasts and you get the Old Bollocks podcast as well. All of those in the same podcast feed. Yeah? I mean, triple threat or what? So do me a favour. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Fuck it. Why not? Tell everybody to subscribe to the podcast, to give it a listen. Please share and please, you know, 
just support in any way you can. Really appreciate it. And seriously, these are strange, odd, weird times that we find ourselves living in at the moment. Um, I mean, you know, we've we've got the remains of a pandemic. Um, and in some parts of the world, it's still very much rife. We have got um, Russia um, invading Ukraine. And, of course, the worst of all, Leeds United have parted ways with Marcelo Bielsa. And um, that's pretty fucking sad if you're a Leeds, Leeds United fan like I am. So this episode is dedicated to the man himself, Marcelo Bielsa. That man reignited my love for my club because we were going nowhere and we were going nowhere fast. And we brought him in. He didn't spend much money. He only wanted people who really wanted to play for the club. He's a humble man. He wanted humble players. And what he did was revitalise not just a club, but he's helped revitalise Leeds as a city. There are murals all over the place. I mean, he got us back into the Premier League and he did it in a way and a style and a fashion which nobody else could have achieved. And he did it with pretty much the same group of players that previous three or four managers had totally failed. He took two players from our team in the Championship who were doing all right and said, I'll make them the best best players in the league. Not only did he do that, they both now play regularly for their country. So if I could interview anyone, anyone, it would be Marcelo Bielsa. It wouldn't be James Hetfield. It wouldn't be um, Dave Mustaine. It wouldn't be, if he was still alive, Ronnie Dio. Oh, and I love them all. But he is such a fascinating enigma who never does interviews. That'd be the other reason for doing it, you know, because that's me in it, really. Um, yeah, so I guess quite a few of you have already tuned out and switched off at this point, which is fair enough. But for those of you still listening, thank you. Thanks for your support. This one's for you, Marcelo. Thanks for everything that you did for our club. I don't know why I'm speaking to him directly because he's seriously never going to hear this, is he? Really? But I guess it's just about me kind of making myself feel better. I guess I'm doing a little bit of mourning here because things just changed. Things just changed seismically in the world of Leeds United supporters. Anyway, that's the football bit over with. You guys out there, you are the army that keeps this podcast going. So please do tell everybody about it. Share it every which way you can. But more importantly, look after each other and I'll chat to you again soon.